Hi, Cole here, creator and narrator of The Town Whispers. It's been a long summer, but the leaves once again fall, and with autumn comes longer nights that beg for darker tales. And to fill those long, cold evenings, I've launched a brand new podcast called Tiny Terrors. Tiny Terrors is a nostalgic horror anthology series that is as fun as it is dark. Join three friends as they delve into a forgotten corner of storytelling history and bring to light the darker depths yet still hidden in those often untraveled corners. Subscribe, listen, and review Tiny Terrors wherever you listen to podcasts. The Town Whispers is a narrative horror podcast that will tell the many stories in Behind the Rain and the fog in the trees of a town called the fort. While there are things that bump in the night, and the shadows may lurk and lunge at you when you neglect to keep a watchful eye, there are neighbors, townsfolk, here watching out for one another, watching you. Listener discretion is advised. Eddie lived down the street, just around the corner. You couldn't see his house if he stood at the kitchen window of the LaPont family home. But he could see you. Oh yes, he could see you if you stood at the sink. Sure as day, he could see everything. Eddie, whose real name was Edward August Hall, was a plain man, in his mid-twenties, and quiet. To be in Eddie's company was to be standing in a field during a fresh snowfall where all the sound in the air was sucked out, muffled, dampened, everything sounding like rubbing velvet. He'd always been quiet, always been the shy one amongst his peers, and that was just fine. He never spoke out of turn, never played the class clown, never asked for anything or imposed his opinions when it wasn't wanted, which was probably why his teachers didn't mind him, and probably why his parents never minded him either. No, they they didn't mind him at all. They didn't mind where he was or what he did. They didn't mind if he was happy or not, healthy or sick. No one minded Eddie. Not one bit. And that was just fine because Eddie's business was minding others. Watching others. He didn't mean anything by it. It was was innocent, really. He'd find a spot. He wouldn't hide. It wasn't like that. No, he didn't need to hide. He just found if he stood quite still and he was confident in his ability to stand quite still, then no one could see him. Or wanted to see him. Whichever it was, it suited Eddie just fine. He'd seen all sorts of things, too like a child falling for the first time and learning that they didn't need to scream and cry that they could handle the scratches on their knees and get back up again. Only for the crying to start again inside where parents were around where parents could tend to their wants and show a little love and kiss them on the forehead. 
Oh, Eddie would smile and laugh, not audibly though. No, he wouldn't laugh out loud. He'd smile and let the vacuum of his closed mouth and pumping lungs juggle his ribs about in joy. He loved those little moments. And it really was as simple as that. Eddie didn't mean anything by it. There was nothing malicious or untowards, as they would say. And they would say things. The townsfolk, they would, they would say and whisper about it and make it out to be something it wasn't if they knew. That is, if they minded him. Minded where he went at night or during the day, minded how he spent his time, but no one minded Eddie. He was pleasant. He was quiet and he was kind, kind in the way that his silence saved others from another pointless conversation. He wasn't a conversationalist. He knew too much to be good at talking. He couldn't very well ask anyone how their day was, not when he could and had simply watched and found out. Watched them from the edge of the woods where no one bothered to look for him. No one bothered him. It was only fair that that Eddie didn't bother them either. Edward August Hall had seen plenty, seen it up close, tight-knit in broad strokes of color, the terrible tapestry that was all things horrible and ludicrous, and the drama of it exhilarated Eddie. It was all there, plain to see for those willing to look, and he was more than willing to peer behind the curtain to see the engine that fueled the fort, the mechanisms that determined the paths the organic and chaotic lives of his neighbors took. And none was more interesting to Eddie than Mildred LaPont. What? What on earth was happening in the LaPont home? At first, they were just another stop, another family to watch grow, another stop to watch on a long list of places to stop and watch. And at first, there was five in their family, living there at the LaPont house. Mark LaPont, the father, Mildred LaPont, the mother, Peggy LaPont, the daughter, Tom LaPont, the middle child, and Ben LaPont, firstborn. But then, suddenly, there were only four living within the walls of the home, and no one spoke of Ben. They had looked. He'd watched them search, but it was short-lived, and no one found it odd that Ben LaPont had disappeared. It was like they accepted his absence or didn't know about it or ignored it all. It was hard to tell, because Eddie never got close enough to hear them speak. He only ever watched and watched from afar. Eddie found it odd, though. Eddie found it most curious that he'd seen Tom and Ben run off to play and then only one returned later that day. But no one else was curious. And of course no one asked Edward August Hall because no one minded him. No one minded him at all. He found it curious though, fascinating in fact. He began to think of the LaPonts when he should have been watching others. And so he watched them more. And the more he saw the more he was curious, until that curiosity became obsession, and they were the only ones Edward August Hall would watch. Every day he would stand at the edge of the woods where the grass grew wild and the brush was untended and the trees were tall. Each day began as Mark LaPont, the father of the domicile, would leave for work and tend to his responsibilities to provide for his family, and the irony of that was not lost on Eddie. He was never good at conversation, but he understood the concept of irony, 
and it was abundantly ironic that had Mark LaPont worked less, he wouldn't have driven his father's sawmills into the ground. He wouldn't have wasted his father's legacy if only he hadn't insisted on working so damn hard, working to prove to a man who was dead that he was worthy and strong and able enough to do so. If only he'd been lazy and taken in the joys of his family fortune, then he wouldn't have lost it all. Then one day Eddie noticed, as the morning dawn broke, that Mark LaPont didn't leave for work, nor did he leave for work the day after that or after that or ever again. But on that first morning, when Mark didn't go into work, that was the first time Eddie stepped a little closer. How could he not? He'd seen Peggy stare at the window, her face feeling fractured, a window to what she felt inside which was utterly broken. And then the back door had opened and closed, and someone had either left or arrived, and at that point it was very much late into the night. Edward August Hall cursed himself silently, using his internal dialogue to voice the insults he hurled at himself for missing whoever had gone into the back door of the LaPont family home. Whoever had gone in the back had not left the same way. No, whoever had entered the home had found their way out just as easily, avoiding Eddie's eyes, avoiding his expert surveillance. Or they had left, but had entered without Eddie knowing either option he minded. Eddie minded that deeply, as if a grave offense had been committed against him. It magnified his curiosity. It expounded its boundaries. His motives evolved and shifted. It wasn't malicious, though. Nothing like that. He just needed to know what was happening within the LaPont family home. The nights were savagely cold near around those times and snow began to fall. And begrudgingly, Eddie found that he could not stand the weather using his own steely determination any longer. There were nights when he had to go home and huddle around a fire, trying to rub blood back into blackened toes, but Eddie didn't mind. No one minded what he was doing either. No one minded that he stole the quilts from their beds. No one minded that he left the clippings and stray bits of yarn and thread about after his project was done. And the neighbors didn't mind when a couple of dogs they kept on their acreage, who may as well have been strays, went missing. And Eddie certainly didn't mind the new fur lining once he'd sewn it into his quilted trench coat. After that... Eddie had to leave much less often. Returning to that spot, at the tree line facing the LaPont house, he barely felt the wind and the cold, and when his nose began to run and go numb, all he had to do was hunch his shoulders and bring the collar up over his face, leaving only his eyes peering out over the top of it. And that's exactly what he did. When Christmas was either approaching or receding, the finer details of his never-ending watch lost in the mix of all the other interesting moments. And that's exactly what he did. When the snows had come, and the wind had doubled, and the icy flakes of frozen rain modeled in and there mixed and dug at him, he watched as Tom and Peggy sat on the porch one night late, just as Eddie was about to doze off sitting against a tree trunk the sound of the whining porch door opening and closing startling him awake. They sat down and seemed to share something between the two of them. Eddie felt somber, almost nostalgic for a time that did not belong to him, 
knowing one day either one of those children would look back and remember that moment. That was the first time Eddie had seen Tom and Peggy speak. Despite living under the same roof and sharing the same parents and living within their own insular world, unlike other families where the children took up in arms against the world where it was just them or built an imaginary addition to their reality, sharing in the joys of the kingdom of solitude alone and together. Unlike other children, Peggy and Tom seemed like oil and water. Never shall the two mix. But that night, when everything about the fort was hostile and unforgiving, there those two sat at the edge of the porch, sharing some time together, looking out into the dark, and looking for what? Edward August Hall had no idea. But once they'd receded into the home as Eddie began to fall asleep once more, that's the first time he saw him. The man in the dark. The man made of dark. Just as Eddie began to close his eyes as the world blurred, the tears of exhaustion fracturing what little light there was, if he didn't stare directly at him, Eddie found he could see the figure of a man in the night not so far from where the children had been. Eddie wasn't the only one watching the LaPonts. Oh, how fascinating. How infuriating. They were his. Who the hell dared watch them as well? Just as Eddie was mustering the courage to move round to get a closer look at his fellow watcher, he heard the cries of a newborn child. Out of nowhere, seemingly there was once again four living within the LaPont family home. Mildred must have been with child before Mark had passed, but Eddie would have noticed. He would have seen and congratulated them with his persistent watch and silent smile, how had he missed that as well? Things quieted at the home, or maybe he began to grow bored of them. He found himself wanting to go and watch others, to go and see who continued their perpetual routines and who had found themselves in dire straits or clutching new love. The drama, the heartbreak. He was missing it all for the LaPonts, and as things slowed at the home, he realized there might not be a satisfying conclusion to their story, that he might be left wondering, that their lives might go back to the way they were before, as they themselves might not be willing to confront whatever it was that had happened. And without their willing participation in his piece together canon, there was no story left for Eddie to watch. It saddened him deeply filled him with deep regrets and worries that if he left then, that he might deny himself something truly incredible and odd. But on the day Tom skipped out of the LaPont home with a fiery-headed young boy, Eddie knew as James, to go out and play as he watched Peggy trail behind, consumed by her own games. He knew it was time to leave. Everything was fine in the home. Mildred stood at the kitchen window looking tired and sick and withdrawn, but largely their lives were moving forward. And so too was Eddie, knowing that the penultimate dramatic conclusion he wished for would not be there. As he stood, Eddie's knees felt like melted metal, all misshapen and unbending and brittle. He bounced about in his spot, feeling faint having not eaten or stood in so long, 
Feeling the blood returning to his thighs, though, Eddie began to walk home. To sleep, to eat, to dream of all those he'd watch before he would go out and find his perch and watch and absorb and learn all the things that had happened in the months he'd spent absorbed by the LaPont family. The walk between his home and the LaPonts was short. There was a worn path through some thicket and brush before he was back home and quickly walking up the steps, having cut across the overgrown stubby field of grass leading to his back door. He still couldn't feel his toes as he walked up the steps up to the door and found his fingers tingling as he clutched the handle. Opening the door, he raised his right foot to take a step. He tried to raise his left foot to follow and continue his momentum towards the warm confines of the home, but it wouldn't follow. And as he tried to reach down with his left hand to rub the blood back into his left leg, his left arm would not move either. His vision blurred, and he felt an immense pressure in his head before finally... Edward August Hall collapsed through the threshold into his own home where he lay for some hours before being found by his parents, who could not enter, couldn't even step over his large lumbering form so they finally had to mind him, minded that he fell there where it would stop them from their own comforts. Eddie woke, but his eyelids would not open. He tried to reach for his eyes to rub them, but his hands would not move. He began to panic, but his breath would not quicken, which was startling and uncomfortable. People were talking, standing next to him. Edward has been struck by what might be called apoplexy. In layman's terms, a stroke. A clot formed most likely in the femoral artery. We see it in clerks who sit for too long, usually. Does your son sit for long periods of time? Have a desk job, perhaps? Well, no worry just yet. He isn't dead, and the chance for recovery is good if you found him quickly enough. I'm sure you did all you could to call for help immediately. You look like fine and caring parents after all. Edward August Hall couldn't believe his ears. Loss of mobility, apoplexy, stroke. Unknowingly, the doctor spoke nothing but strings of euphemisms for never being able to watch again. Eddie might never be able to leave his room let alone find out all those things, see all those things he wished to see. The realization felt like one unmovable curtain of melancholy closing him off from the fort and all those actors that played their parts therein. Many unfinished stories. And now all Eddie was left with was his own imagination and the darkness of his own thoughts. The days dragged along. Like a worm slithering through mud, they were cold and empty and slow. So incredibly slow. Without watching, Eddie had nothing. His mind began to fabricate his own story. He willed and tried to manifest day in and day out, 
for him to be able to watch himself at the very least. Imagine himself from above. He imagined feeling the tightening in his heart, staring at himself from the window, cheering for himself to finally get up and walk as if he were watching another. He imagined it so intensely, but for some reason, could imagine nothing else. He'd spent so little time in his room in his own home since he was a young child, but try as he may, he could not imagine the rest of the fort. He knew he must be able to recall it in finite detail, but it eluded his imagination. It faded away each time he built it like silt kicked up in the river, blooming like beautiful bouquets of gray and brown before being swept into the current. He wished and wished beyond all else to be able to see more, but when he turned himself from his own room, when the piece of himself outside the window watching him waste away in his own bed, being changed by his own personal nurse, losing weight, getting sores, being turned and pushed and prodded, when he turned himself away and looked out towards the land and the fort and the Lapont home, there was nothing but empty black. He felt lost and truly alone. He'd never felt alone before, not when he could lurk and watch, but he felt alone there in his bed struck by a stroke and immobility. He hadn't the means to end his own suffering. The best he could do was that, that little bit of him that escaped his prison of flesh and frailty. All he could do was walk it out into the dark, a symbolic death that felt significant to Eddie. The closure or final statement he needed to make willingly himself. He found it was nothing but an endless landscape of nothing. There was no north or south, no east and west. There was little to indicate up or down but his own internal orientation. But it wasn't completely empty. No, there were things moving about in that void. And the longer he walked and allowed himself to fall deeper into its endless maw, the more comforted he felt. Even the realization that he was lost and could not find his way back to his room, to that window, he felt assured as if all of him was there and present and not stuck back in his home and broken. When Eddie let all of himself be eaten, as he allowed the path to fall away, imagined himself plunging into it all into the heart of nothing. Oh, what wonderful discoveries he made, what power he gained, what things he saw. And amongst those things, he saw none other than Peggy. He saw the past. He saw the reverend and better yet, the reverend saw him too. And in the reverend's eyes, he saw the admiration of a mortal staring into the face of a god, and he swelled with pride and absolute confidence. But that was only the beginning of what he could do. He could see inside the reverend, see what squirmed in him, what grew in him, the hollow rat's nest of the man's heart, and he chuckled, big, booming, grinding, beating, hearty laughs into the nothing which sounded far from human because Eddie was far from human. Seeing is believing, and the reverend saw God, and in that absolute devotion, Eddie saw, he knew it to be true. Let go, Eddie thought, peering into Reverend Albert. Just let go. Just let it all go. Today's episode was written and performed by Cole Weavers. 
Sound production and editing by Matt Black. Our theme song is by the ever-wonderful Charlie P.S. The fort is built on secrets and shadows, on unspoken truths and the designs of the long shadows, whoever they may be. But it's also built on the support of its townsfolk. Would you like to support our tiny little monstrosity of a town by mending the roof of the church? Or keeping the doors of the sanatorium for the lost and unwanted open? Or perhaps you'd rather help build a mausoleum for the ones who will never die? In thanks for your support, and for only a few dollars a month, you'll receive episodes of The Town Whispers released early and forever ad-free as well as exclusive short stories and one-shots to expand your knowledge of what lays dormant and watching under the earth. Would you like to see, with your own frail eyes that can only see what can be imagined by the goodness of a heart drenched in humanity by receiving digital rewards of the visual variety? All this and more will be revealed on our Patreon. Please consider joining us at www.patreon.com slash the town whispers if you would like to support us in other ways please consider following us on facebook and instagram and on twitter at the town whispers or by leaving a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts for more information on the show please head on over to www.thetownwhispers.com 